Yo yo. Cameras. Yo yo. Yo yo. What's going on? All good. All good. How's your week been? Uh, it's been good. I feel like two I've weeks. got two weeks. I feel like I've got COVID at the moment. Uh, you've been ill. When did so, you get ill? Was it Friday? Saturday? Friday was alright. Saturday I was out just shopping. But then I felt ill. Sunday was a write off. Monday was a write off. So yeah, I'm feeling 75%. Right. You're getting there. It's all right. I don't know. 75 percent's all right, considering I usually run out about a 90. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week? Yeah, good. Did uh, quite a bit this week, to be fair. Saw Ed Sheeran on Wednesday. Oh shit! Yeah, mm-hmm. forgot about that. You went to Ed Sheeran. Yeah, it feels like it was ages ago because we went to Silverstone on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So they they were quite long days. So I was thinking today, Ed feels like it was like two weeks ago now. Hmm. You could probably fill up this whole episode with your week. Yeah, no. <laughs> won't talk too much about it, but I'll tell you a bit about Ed because I said I'll save it for the podcast when you asked me how was it. Yeah. So where, where did you see him? At Wembley. All oh, right. Okay. So, like beforehand, I I was thinking I'm not not that excited for it, and I couldn't really be bothered. Um. And the reason sort of we went yeah, is Emma just found tickets and she's like, do you want to go see him? And I was like, yeah, go on. Yeah. Fuck it. Something to do with it. Yeah. So like the build up to it, I wasn't that excited. And then it came to Wednesday night and I was thinking, oh, it's Wednesday night. I can't really be asked going to a concert. But when we got there, it was actually really good. So one thing that really impressed me was what he's got, he's got this like these uh, buttons on the floor. It's like four or four or five buttons on the floor. So he explains what he's doing. And basically when he presses one button, he'll play something on his guitar and it'll record it. And then he'll press another button and it'll play something on the piano and it'll record that. And it sort of loops around and turns into the song. All right. Every song he will do this every time. So every time he plays it, like at each concert, it's a little bit different. So it's the first time you're hearing it today so he does that for all of his songs which i thought was it's like a the the live band sort of yeah and because he's like talented and can play everything like yeah 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 it's all just him doing it but for some songs he did have the band but for the majority of the songs he was doing that which i thought was pretty sick but i saw his stage was like a mid-stage and it had conveyor belt Mm. flying him around yeah so it had like a conveyor belt going around which was cool Mm. yeah it was good like uh I'm not a massive Ed Sheeran fan, but it was good to like see him at work. Like I like some of his songs. Yeah, he's a good artist. I think he's a good yeah. musician. I can appreciate his music, but I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a super fan. Like some people there were like, you could tell they were super fans. Yeah, I think it's good to go to sort of not random concerts, but concerts like Ed Sheeran, where you can just appreciate some good music. Yeah, exactly, and appreciate his talent. Yeah, because he is like very impressive. The stuff he was doing yeah because the way the music industry is going now as well you're probably not going to get too many more of these they're like a dying breather good artist and he he wrote one of justin bieber's songs i don't know what it's called but when he was singing it like i know the song if you played it i'd know what song it is 
but and I know it's Justin Bieber, but I don't know what the name of it is. Um, but when he played, he said he wrote that song and then he played it and sang it. And I was thinking, shit, like, it actually sounds like an Ed Sheeran song. Now, when I listen to the Justin, because Rupert put the Justin Bieber version of it on the other day, I was thinking, when I listen to it now, it's definitely, you can definitely tell it's an Ed Sheeran song. Oh, right. We wouldn't have known otherwise. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have recognised that. Was it um, Love Yourself? Yeah, that's it. How do you know? Did you Google it? Yeah, Googled it. All right, yeah. I don't even know how that goes, that song. Yeah, when you if you listen to it, not now, obviously, because we'll get a copyright. Yeah. But, uh, oh, it's one of his biggest songs. Yeah, I probably know it from, from listening to it, obviously. Yeah, when you listen to it, you know Ed Sheeran wrote it, you'll think it's definitely an Ed Sheeran song. It's um, originally titled Fuck Yourself. Oh, is it? Mm. 2015 song. Okay. Yeah, I I know, like, in my head I know how it goes, I'm not going to sing it. Cause I'm just... I feel like the Ed Sheeran version was a bit better as well, when he sang it. Yeah. Really hear much from uh, well, obviously, I hear songs about him, um, tongues from him, but I don't really hear much about Justin Bieber anymore. He used to be in the news. yeah, he had a stroke. Oh, shit, no, uh, yeah, I heard about that. Do you know what happened there? No, I'm not sure, but some uh, Rupert was saying that his face is like drooping, I think. So it's not permanent, that though, is it? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I, I heard that's the well, I guess we do hear about him in the news, um, but. Yeah, I'll show you. Can't. So is that? I can't see what tell what's going on here. Confused why that one's normal. Someone made it normal. Unless someone's made it normal. No sound coming through. Oh shit. Oh, well, we don't really need to watch the video, but. Yeah. He cancelled his show after his latest tour as he's got full paralysis of one side of his face. Did it say from a virus on that article? It's called uh, the Canadian pop star said he's been diagnosed with. Ramsey Hunt syndrome after a virus has damaged the nerve in his ear. Suffering is pretty serious. Oh, he's 28. I thought he was younger than 28. He's my age. I've always seen him as a young. I don't know why. Because he broke out when he was young. Hmm. Yeah, because it was like 13, 14 when he got big, I think. Mm, baby. Yeah. <laughs> he was high pitch voice. <laughs> uh. um, but yeah, then on Friday we went to Silverstone, which was sick. Um, so on the Friday we... So on the Friday and Saturday, see, so we had tickets for Cops stand. 
Um, and on the Friday and Saturday, if you've got tickets for a stand, you can go in any stand you want. Mm-hmm. On the Friday, we just hopped around loads of different stands just to have a look at the uh, different views of the track. Um, and then on the Saturday, we went in, I can't remember what the stand name was, but it was on the Hamilton Strait, which is like right across from the pits, which was, that was, that was good. Are you getting the uh, track up? Yeah, can you see that? Yeah, so we were in cups. Can you see in the bottom right? Oh, the main, cups, uh, yeah. Yeah, for the main race. That's where Hamilton and Verstappen uh, crashed out. Yeah, this is the famous um, Bendel. Yeah. So on, can you see where the start finishes? Yep. On the Friday, on the Saturday, sorry, for uh, qualies, we were sat there, like literally right across from the pit lane. Yeah, to watch what's going on in the pit lane. Yeah. So like the F2, no, the F3, sorry, had a, I think they both did actually, sprint sprint, um, races. For qualifying all right that's when you do like a quick race just to um choose the positions on what they're going to start with yeah um so we got to see all the cars like setting off and stuff from that which was sick because all right you hear them all start up and then you hear like them all revving the engines up ready to go yeah that would have been a good day for it to sit there yeah so that was good um we didn't see the accident on the Saturday because that happened straight after the uh, straight after the Hamilton straight, which is at the start. Oh, right. Okay. So that was on the, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I seen that accident. That was, that was mental. But it was good. Like the whole place was buzzing. I think there was 440,000 people there. Hmm. Fucking hell. Was it, was it rammed or was it, is it quite spacious? Um, yeah, it was busy. On the Sunday, like, it was proper, properly busy. Um, we got yeah, there quite early. Everyone would buy a ticket for Sunday, whereas other people, less people would buy it for Friday. And yeah. Friday was, in comparison to Sunday, Friday was dead. Right, but yeah. It was still busy. Um, Saturday was busier, and then Sunday was just, like, manic. Unenjoyably busy, or... Well, we were in the stand anyway, so you don't really realize how busy it is. Um, yeah. But I did walk around the track before the race, like two hours before the race, because we we got there at about eight o'clock. So when we got there, it wasn't that busy. And then we sat in the stands for a bit, um, just chilled out there. And then at about half eleven ish, a couple of us went for a walk. Yeah, around the track, and that's when you could see it getting busier and busier. Yeah, 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 just stacking up. Yeah. Um, did you see Keanu Reeves? No, I didn't see Keanu Reeves. But I saw him on TV. You knew you knew he was there, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't see. I didn't see any celebrities. So you said there was lots of performance and performers and stuff, and yeah, so they got like a main stage there. It reminded me of uh, Forza. Reminded me of Forza Horizon. <laughs> It must be the type of vibe. Um, yeah, that's what the kind of vibe felt like. Felt like what the horizon have gone for then. Yeah. Um, so it's a main stage. I didn't know anyone performing. No. Out of, it, out of it with pop music anyway. So 
Uh, Jaguar Skills, he was there. All oh, right. He's fairly famous. Yeah. Um, he's the only guy I knew. I think the other people are more famous than him, but I'm just not that up to date with pop music. So, our uh, example was there, but on Thursday. He was on, oh, he's there on Thursday? Yeah. I don't know how big example is anymore. I think he's kind of. Yeah, that's, what, that's probably why he's there on Thursday. But oh, yeah, afterwards, so once the race is over, they open up the gates and they let everyone go on the track. After the race? Yes, when the race is finished, you let everyone go on the track. All right, did you go on? <laughs> everyone was stealing the um, like the Heineken boards and stuff. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Is that just an English thing? Do you reckon? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've had quite a. The other uh... thing that was funny is uh, so before the race, like the VIPs, they get. They stand on like the back of a truck and they get driven around the track. Oh, right. They were like waving at everyone. But then for some reason, there was always like a one with nobody on it behind them. So like they would go past and then when the one with nobody on it comes past, the whole crowd start cheering. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely British humor. Yeah, that's what we're saying. That's definitely British humor. Oh, for me. Mm, you've had quite a weekend the week two weeks and then uh, one other thing that was funny is so they send out you know those street sweepers yeah so they send those out after each race to pick up all like the debris and rubber and stuff like yeah 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 burnt rubber and um, so when we was there on the saturday we could see this um the start and finish line so as it was like approaching the finish line everyone's like <laughs> and when it goes past it's going very slow and then when it goes past the finish line, everyone's like, hooray! <laughs> Sounds like what we're... What you fans do? Mm. What you fan antics? It was like that kind of vibe, but without the uh, the tribalism of footy. Oh, right. That's a good question. Did you see a lot of sort of like tribalism there at all? With the different teams? Uh because with F1, the biggest sort of tribe I see is either Hamilton or anti and Yeah, you see a lot of troubles in between Mercedes and Red Bull, but I think that's just because of what happened last year. Yeah. Um, when everyone, when, after qualies, when Verstappen was there doing a speech, everyone was booing him and going like that. All right. Um, but yeah, that, that was about it. That's where it felt like a footy game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's something that F1 needed, though, a bit of a rival, like some sort of heated rivalry like that. It's probably yeah. had in the past, right? But I suppose it was kind of missing that in the modern day. I think it would only... It probably happens more between Dutch fans and British fans. Hmm. Rather than, like, Italian fans won't be that bothered about it because yeah. we've got no affiliation. Hmm. So I think Max probably knew he was going to get a hard time coming to Silverstone anyway. Yeah. Yeah, with it being Hamilton. Yeah. Hmm. Hamilton did all right, though, then he came third. Yeah, he came third. Mm. It was a good race. I didn't watch it. No, well, no. I didn't watch the... I was um, bed-bound on Sunday. I was watching the qualies on TV 
trying to see if I could see you on Saturday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we were on TV. Nobody text. What I noticed is you've got to be actively like cheering or you've got to actively, for example, whenever they were focusing on like Ferrari, for example, it would only show people in Ferrari merch. If they're focusing on Merc, they would only show people in Merc merch. So yeah, be in that merch at the right time and cheering. I reckon if we were a group of people in the same merch, like the same, like all dressed in red, like Ferrari, yeah, they're probably more, the more likely. Yeah. yeah, but we're all like mixed up, mixed, yeah, just F one fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was good. I would recommend it. Is it a yearly thing for you? Uh, nah, I don't think I'll go back for another couple of years now. Is it a yearly thing for the, those who you went with? Um, they're talking about doing it again. Some were saying we'll do it every two years. Some will say, no, we'll just do it every year. But if they do it every two years, I wouldn't go back in two years. I'll do it again in mm. the fourth year. It's... um. What did someone say to me? A price to do a full weekend at F1 is a similar price to a full season season ticket for football. Yeah, so it costs us 360 quid for the full weekend. I, I don't do the shit that you got to pay for. Yeah, and then we Airbnb, which was, I don't know, say 50 quid, can't remember. Yeah. So you're talking about 400 and then all the other stuff. Petrol and all that stuff. £7.50 beers. Might be talking about 500 quid all in. It's roughly a season ticket, right? Yeah. Well, if you want, if you want better stuff, because to sit where we sat on uh, Saturday for the Sunday race, it cost 670 quid. I mean, for a super fan, it's not... Like, it's not ridiculously priced, you know, over a grand. Mm. I guess you'd be able to get tickets over a grand for VIPs or whatnot. Like for me, it was one of those experiences that I've always wanted to do. So Yeah, 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 definitely. Sort of like ticked off and done that. Like, I would go back, but I'm not in a rush to do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I did go back, I think I would prefer to do one abroad. Monaco. So honour or something. What what wouldn't want to do Monaco? Yeah, but get some Louis not, Vuitton. Not a not a billionaire. <laughs> Just go to Turkey and get some Louis Vuitton and go. <laughs> alternative pops off. We'll do an alternative at Monaco. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button. <laughs> right, shall I whack on the first one? Yeah. Well, I was going to talk about the breaking news. Is that? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I've not got an article for right. it, but go ahead. Yeah, so uh, you, you probably already know Rishi Sunak and Sajid Javid have uh, resigned from uh, government. So that's the UK's um, Chancellor of the Exchequer and the Health Secretary. Um, yeah. So Rishi Sunak's probably like 
after the PM, he's probably the second most important important person in government. So this is like this is big news, and for them two to leave within thirty minutes of each other is also massive news. It was um, less than thirty goes, minutes, wasn't it? Was it not minutes in between? I'm not one hundred percent sure. I just I think I read somewhere that it was oh, within maybe. thirty minutes of each other. So still very short time anyway. Yeah. Um, so this is all over Boris. Uh, I'm not 100% clued up on the reasons why he hired an MP or appointed an MP, Chris Pincher, for a government role. Um, Chris Pincher had some complaints or allegations against him from 2019 um, that he was inappropriately touching some men in a private members club. Um, Boris knew about these allegations when he moved, uh, when he put um, Chris Pincher in a government role. Okay. Um, so now this has come out that I think it's confirmed that this has happened, that Chris Pincher did do this. Um, People are obviously criticising the current government, saying that, um, well, it just seems to be one thing after another, right? Like, yeah, you have all those parties, party gate scandal, and now it's this. It just seems it's inevitable that Boris is probably going to be pushed out. Um, I feel like they're going to have to drag him out of Downing Street. I don't think he wants to leave. But no, it seems like I didn't. I didn't think Rishi would leave either. To be honest, um, but it does seem that way. But they do say yeah. if you lose, if you lose your chan- chancellor, then you're practically you're practically out of number ten anyway. Um, well, for him to lose both his chan- chancellor and his health secretary, yeah, like chancellor's pretty much second in command, and then health secretary's like in the high. Like high up yeah. in the uh, cabinet as well, so top tier um, members. Yeah, um, I was about to. Well, I was going to put an article in today about uh, Rishi Sunak announcing the introduction of um, the ability to purchase stuff with in the uk with uh, crypto stable cryptocurrencies all oh, right okay so and then this news well I, I wanted to read up on it a little bit more so we could have a proper discussion about it so i didn't put it in this week but i don't know if that's going to go ahead now so i don't know what's going to go ahead now it looks like um mr johnson's going to be going out it's funny that he's uh, called mr pincher he's getting <laughs> I'm not sure what's going to happen now. Yeah, uh, I'm probably not too clued up on it either, but it does seem like he's going to go. And if he does stay, then it just, I know more and more conservatives are going against him. So for him to stay in power just means that they're going to be losing more votes. Yeah, there's a massive, I don't know. I feel like UK politics is in a massive mess at the moment. (laughs) 
I don't even know who they're getting as PM. I but, thought if he was to leave, then Rishi could maybe have a go at being PM. But yeah, have a go. Like it's <laughs> well, that's all Boris Johnson has done, isn't it? He just had a go. He's definitely not equipped to be a prime minister, is he? I think Rishi and Sajid got a good time where their uh, reputation won't be as tarnished as much. Yeah, because he's got quite a good reputation, uh, Rishi, even after. And he's got, he's sort of come out now, even with the reputation of sort of being kind of loyal as well, because he could have left not numerous, numerous times, but he sort of stuck by um, Boris Johnson. Yeah. Quite a lot. He, they might even appoint him, maybe. Rishi. Yeah. But I know he's a... Uh... I was sure I was reading something. Do you know before all this uh, tax stuff came out that he was involved with? Um... Is there another reason why... Oh, du- during that time. Um, peop- so uh, people's confidence in him fell like dramatically. So before he was rated quite highly by the public. Yeah. And now... After that, it's dropped quite a lot, so I'm not sure if they'll put him in now. Hmm. Yeah, it is a mess, like you said. It is. It does seem quite a mess. It's been a mess since um, David Cameron was in charge. Well, it's been a. Do you know something? It's been a mess for longer. Than I feel that. like since 2008, everything has been a mess. Everything in the West has been in a mess. Yeah. Mm. Like the economy hasn't really felt stable. Politics hasn't really felt stable. And it just seems to be getting worse and worse. Yeah. And then COVID comes in and then everything just feels like really unstable now. Mm. But we don't properly know what life was like before 2008 properly. Mm. We were way too young. So how do we even know things are ever stable? That's true. I guess 2008 was a big point in our lives where we... We sort of found the significance of how unstable things either are or can be. Yeah, that was like a a point in our lives where we can sort of look back to and think, all right, this was a turning point for us where things really changed. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Because I was only how old I been? So you'd have been sixteen. Sixteen. Mm. Which is young to properly realise. Yeah, because even at the time I didn't really know much about politics. What, what the impact of it was. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So talking about Unstability of the West. What do you think about the abortion rulings in well, US? Do you know? Well, I've been sort of thinking about this. This abortion thing got me thinking probably a lot more about it. Is so. How we look at it right now, like the culture war, it's between the right and the left, right? Oh, yeah. Um, 
But I think there's a bigger there's a with between with the right and the left, there's something that both parties I think agree on. Which is like democracy and freedom, right? But each side want to implement a different type of freedom. No, they so the left get happy when more control gets given to things they don't really believe in. But then they want freedoms in things they do believe in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for example gun control, for example. Gun control, the left would be happy if the government put in place stricter regulation Tighter. on gun yeah. control. Yeah. The right would be happy if the government put in place a strict ban on abortions. Yeah. But what I think both sides are missing is if they carry on down this path, it's giving more control to the people in power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Divide and conquer. So they'll do one thing to keep the left happy, then do one thing to keep the right happy. But in both ways, they get gathering more control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though this abortion thing isn't really about control because the Supreme Court said it's not in the Constitution, so each state has the freedom to choose whether yeah. it's... How they interpret the Constitution with regards to murder. Yeah. So in that sense, it's uh, decentralised a little bit because the, the actual government aren't making the rules. It's up to the state. Yeah. Well, the government in... Well, Biden in power now he, they're against it yeah so but i think with other things that they're so busy arguing with each other they're missing sort of the bigger picture is they don't what you don't want is a big government that have too much control and i think in the uk and in the us at the moment the governments have got too big yeah they're getting involved with stuff that they shouldn't really be getting involved with mm. And I think it's a slippery slope once you start giving away some additional controls, then you'll never see those freedoms ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once they're gone, they're gone. Uh, I think we discussed this before when something goes, you sort of forget what life was like when you had it and you forget it ever existed anyway. And you get so used to it that it becomes the norm. And it slowly pushes forward a bit more every time. And the same thing happens when you take more away. You get used to it and then it suddenly becomes a norm. And then a bit more. And then a bit more. And then suddenly you're just living in a normal life, which you think is normal. But if you look back over 50 to 70 years, you have complete freedom. Whereas in the present, this is in the future, obviously. In the present, you have no freedom at all. But yeah. you just see tunnel vision to see that it's just normal and especially for like for example and it's not a really massively important example i've kind of like like this regulation that they put in that you can't smoke in public places i like it because you don't come out of pubs stinking of fags right. <laughs> um, and i like have if i was to smoke i'd prefer to, i like smoking outside because i don't yeah know. And it opens up the, um, the smoking shelter. Yeah. 
an extra. And you have yeah, some good conversations in the smoking shelter on a night out. An extra party there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but for us, that's just the norm because it's been in since 2005. We were like 10, you was eight. Yeah. And that came in. Or I was 11, you were nine or whatever. Um, but to say somebody who's a bit, if someone who's older than us and experienced what life was like before that, I might miss it. I think, oh, like, well, those were the days where you could just sit inside and have a fag while you're watching footy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for us, it's just normal now. Like, we just, yeah, it's a generational thing. It just, it just yeah. disappears with the next generation. Uh, the only thing that we've got attached to it is probably watching old movies or things that are set in the past. Because yeah. even then, like I watch, um, I don't. Well, we we won't miss it because we've not experienced it. I was watching something, Mindhunter, I think it was set in seventies or eighties, maybe. And uh, these guys are just getting um, national flights through around uh, America from state to state and just smoking seeds the whole way. On the plane, you just think it's kind of crazy that because smoking on a something in the air <laughs> on the plane, yeah, just doesn't seem like the best move to make. Best idea. <laughs> well, I think some things have been put in place as are a good thing, but then it's that like you might think is a good thing, but it's just one little bit of extra control, one bit look like. They sell you it as a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the what propaganda be around it, um, but it's not. It's like there's they decorate it differently than what they're actually trying to do. Yeah, like a good example might be. Uh, it's a bit controversial, the topic, but it's that um, guy who's on Chris Williamson. He's. Did you listen to it? That podcast. What was his no. name? Um, Epstein. I uh, just listened to the beginning. Let's see if I'm going to listen to it. His name is Alex Epstein. Yeah. Um, so basically, what some of the stuff he was saying is how much good fossil fuels have done for. Man, mankind yeah but we're never taught that ever we're only taught fossil fuels are bad for the yeah. earth and humans have done this so it's very like makes us feel guilty for using fossil fuels but we never we're never taught how what fossil fuels have actually done for humanity and how it have made life better for humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you think about where we were a hundred years ago when the industrial Rev- revolution started, it was over a hundred years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and where we are now, that's all down to fossil fuels. So his argument is. The amount of progress that we've actually made is yeah. going under the radar here. We're never taught that. We're just taught how bad fossil fuels are. And what you're saying is they're putting regulations in place that are making 
energy prices go through the roof because we're not prepared to go for green energy. I think 8% or is either 3 or 8% of the world's um, energy supply is through renewable yeah. energy. So how can we replace that extra 90-odd percent of energy? Like, it's not possible. Mm, through renewable, yeah. So what you're saying is that we can't just put regulations in place on fossil fuels without having anything there to replace it. Otherwise, energy prices is going to go through the roof. Yeah, we're just, we're just going to go into collapse. Well, that's yeah, what's happening yeah. right now anyway. Yeah, that's what's happening. And a lot of it like, is down to regulations in America. Like, they don't pump enough oil because the Biden administration don't yeah. want to do that. Um, so in America, they're not getting... They've got... They're sat on so much oil but they're not get accessing it because the Biden administration don't want to access it because they've got green regulations in place. Yeah. But then it's increasing the cost of living for the average person. Well, for everybody, really. Yeah. And then, but it comes down to like, it's not even just fuel prices for us to fill up our car. You're talking like farming costs. Yeah, it becomes our food, what we purchase, yeah. our it clothes. Becomes every, it becomes pretty much everything. It's all based, the whole world operates around oil, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a fuel price crisis and it is bad with the cars, but that's not, we've not actually seen the full extent of the impact it's going to have until it catches back up with the rest of the supply chains. Yeah. Um, which is starting to, because you can see it with um, food now, food's increasing in, in Right. Mm. Well, it'll be next year's harvest that's fucked. Yeah. Or even this year's harvest in Yeah, it'll be so, this year's. What time what what time of year's harvest is right now, isn't it? They'll be harvesting. Yeah, I think it's about some like end of summerish. Typically, harvest season starts late September. Okay. Yeah, it'll be this year then. Yeah, before the weather changes and cools. So yeah, it'll be it'll be then. Yeah. So we'll start seeing food price increases towards the end of this year, going into next year. But I'd like to do a lot more research on what um alex was saying i like to have a little bit because i literally only watched that um chris williamson interview and and you got all you generated all this information yeah like what he was saying sort of it makes sense and yeah chris asked him a really good question he said i can't remember what his answer was but i remember the question i'm gonna have to watch it again because um, I was working whilst I was watching it. But he said, um, so everything you said to me, like, makes logical sense. But why do other people not share the same opinion as you? Or why do the majority of people not share the same opinion as you? Which I thought was like... He's getting good, weapon. Chris. Well he's, getting, well, he's good anyway. He's getting a lot better at um, guiding these interviews into these... He's got these really sort of 
how do you say it? specific guests they're not yeah they're not really like um broad thinkers you know in the terms of they think similar to how most people think these think in very specific ways or very niche yeah um, and then he's like quite a big thinker yeah, yeah think yeah. about the bigger picture so then he's got this guy who's narrowed down into one thing but then he's give him a big question like that to try and open up like, cause I was listening to it thinking, all right. Yeah. Like it makes sense what he's saying, but how much, how much do you take as gospel in it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like well, there's no one else defending the other side of this. Yeah. He's putting across. But, but it's, it's hard to listen to a debate having two people. It's good to listen to a good interviewer asking the, the correct questions. To them. Yeah. And I've seen that, uh, Michaela Peterson, Johnny Peterson's yeah. daughter. She had him on and had. Um, yeah, she does a, them debate rounds, doesn't she? Yeah, she had him on and she had someone else who's opposing him. But I've not listened to it yet. I've just uh, I've got it on my YouTube, ready to listen to. We should do a. Um, we could do a special on it. I think it'll be a good good topic today. Mm. Because you talk about ESG ratings and all of that. Jazz. Yeah, he talk. He talks about that. And where all them? I only. I think I only listened to about five minutes just to get a quick taste so, of it. But basically, the saying it's talking a little bit about BlackRock and saying um, they're the how, ones who generated the ESG ratings with um, WEF, right? Yeah. So what what he said is these companies that so any company if they're using so many fossil fuels. BlackRock will say to them, your ESG rating is going to drop. Yeah. Which means you're not going to get as many of our investors or people invest in BlackRock products because ESG ratings are high enough. So you're not going to make it into this fund. So then companies will start looking for greener ways to like, manufacture stuff, which might increase the costs, but shareholders will just look at the ESG rating and invest yeah. in that company. And the more shareholders that invest in it, the higher the share price that company is going to go. So yeah, 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 yeah. But then there's the other side where if they're he's obviously for environment, if environmental, if that goes down, then they'll look at social or government mm. ways of getting it up. And it might not be something that the company actually agrees with, but they're in a state of panic because they're going to lose money. Yeah. Um, similar to what Netflix did. Yeah, because if. They, their ESG rating starts falling and then BlackRock kicked them out of a fund, then their share price falls, then it pisses the other shareholders off yeah. and more shareholders leave. And then, yeah, the sharehold, the share price just collapsed from there. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a bit weird because you should really be investing, like traditionally you invest in companies that are making a profit and making good profit and you're basically just focusing on the business aspect of them yeah these days people invest in companies that you betray a certain yeah that's like having a high ASG score so they're, they're more socially um what's the word socially conscious is that the word responsible yeah socially responsible that's it so mm. CSR in it, corporate social responsibility. Yeah, that's it. But the social aspect of it, 
the environmental one, they've got down to a T because they've got the big climate scare. I'm not saying it's true or false here, no conspiracy theories, but they've got that one down to a T. The social one um, is work. They're working it with well, with the thing, thing that they did on Netflix where their ESG score was dropping. So I think Netflix had to release a show or a movie about a man that was able to get pregnant to boost their social score up. There was a few other things that they released as well. I can't remember. The one that stood out to me was the man getting pregnant uh, movie or show. But the, um, Netflix kind of, they've kind of folded now and they weren't going to release Dave Chappelle's special or Ricky Gervais's special because it's going to affect their ESG score. All um, right. But I think they've actually felt like they were, because they, they lost mass amount of numbers, didn't they? Mass amount of subscribers. Yeah. Um, but they didn't know why. So they thought it was because they were putting the social, social responsible, responsible content out. So they decided to test it by sort of saying, fuck you to it and putting this stuff out. I'm not up to date on, where, where it is at the moment but but at the end of the day like the consumers are the ones who have the biggest voice in it yeah because the company's not making any profit because the two they're trying to just focus on the ESG score and customers are getting pissed off that they just focus on the ESG score then the customers aren't there anymore so there's yeah. no, no revenue for them and then you've got Disney for example who are I think we talked about it last episode about the Buzz Lightyear scene. Yeah. It's just a play for ESG ratings. It's... Yeah, they just focus way on these ESG ratings. Yeah. Way too much. It's um it's quite crazy. Um I'm just gonna put up this next one because it's kind of related to what we're on about at the moment. Oh yeah. Twitter suspends Jordan Peterson for tweet about Elliot Page's trans sin. You've heard about this, right? Yeah. So Jordan Peterson tweeted, remember when pride was a sin and Ellen Page just had her breasts removed by a criminal physician. Did you watch Jordan Peterson's response video to this? Uh, I watched it in the morning before I went to the gym. He broke down his tweet. Yeah. So he basically said that he was just stating facts. Yeah. People are angry and saying, why has he put this on Twitter? Why does he need to? This is what I'm getting confused about. So people are getting angry saying, right, he's got these thoughts. It's fine. But why is he putting it on Twitter? Like, why can't he just keep them in his head? But is that not sounds to you like the start of end of free speech <laughs> if you can't say your thought yeah no it is um but if someone tweeted something comparably as hate that will not even saying that's hateful but something comparable to that about donald trump people wouldn't give that person any hate at all mm. or about jordan peterson yeah So, 
I know it seems to me like. But what he said there is, remember when pride was a sin. So you know what that's from, as in the um, is it the seven, seven sins? Yeah. Seven deadly sins or whatever. Pride was one of them. Now they're glamorizing pride. Is what he's saying basically. Yeah. He's a um, religious guy as well, isn't he? Yeah. Christian. But he's, so he's been suspended until, I don't know where it's at, at the moment actually, but I've not really kept up with it, but he's been suspended um, until he deletes the tweet and he said he'll die before he deletes that tweet. All right, well, good on him. Because I don't think anything, there's anything bad there. Maybe calling the physician a criminal, but that's more of a jab at the physician. Yeah. That's the only bad thing I can see in what he's thought. Right, a hateful thing. Oh, his daughter tweeted while wow, Jordan Peterson got a Twitter strike. No more Twitter until he deletes the tweet. Definitely not a free speech platform at the moment, at mm. Elon Musk. Is Elon still buying Twitter? What's going on with that? I don't know, like, I thought he was uh, running with that story. <laughs> but he got in some trouble on Twitter as well for tweeting about that, uh, Jordan Peterson did, um, for tweeting about that lady, that uh, overweight lady on a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, illustrated. yeah. Which... To be honest with you, all that stuff about glorifying overweight people, I don't think it's... It's not even overweight people, it's overweight women. They don't glorify overweight men. No one ever glorifies overweight men. Yeah, it's like... Um, it's women. It, well, it's quite kind of fucking controversial to say this, but women cause the problems... <laughs> Like within the, that group, and then try and rectify it later by turning men against it, if you know what I mean. So they yeah. cause the issue by judging other women on their weight or so on and so forth. And then when they come to rectify the issue, they sort of blame it on men when they've caused the issue because they're like, well, no man, man's going to find you attractive your bet and all this stuff and then when it flicks around and it's gone too far then they're like well she can't be fat because no man's gonna like her it's like well no one fucking said that from our side yeah because like some men like chubby chubby girls but then what jordan was talking about with glorifying obesity was with women he wasn't saying it specifically to women he was just saying obesity isn't healthy so therefore should not be glorified yeah which is true like why is something that's unhealthy being glorified yeah something which is considered a problem of america obesity yeah and it's weird because this is 
everyone's known this is obesity is an issue for so long. But recently, this past few years is when it's sort of been celebrated. Yeah. But something that causes so many health problems, like it might not be causing people health problems now, but if they stay overweight until they're in the 40s, 50s, then they're going to have like serious health problems at that age. Mm. And obesity sort of is a societal issue if you look at um, what it actually is. In t- obviously, in terms of like greed, it's just if you if you if you're being obese because of greed, because of lack of self control, laziness, then it's a society societal problem. That's another sin: greed. Greed. What are the seven deadly sins? I only know it from that film. I'm not religious. From uh, have you seen watch seven? Uh, me and Emma started watching it. But we thought we need to watch it when we're in the actual mood to watch it. All right. Man, you never watch films that are funny. <laughs> I recommend you buying a film, Wicked Films as well. Well, so I was going to say I'll watch it this weekend, but I'm probably going to watch Stranger Things. Oh, shit. I'm, uh, I finished it. All right. Don't say anything. You don't watch in any spoilers or nothing? No. I don't use social media, so. Except for YouTube. Uh, you've, well, you've got to be careful on there, man, because uh, I was listening to some, a clip of a podcast earlier and uh, they were talking about it. All right. What podcast? Um, let me think it on here. Uh, you probably won't listen to it. It's one with um, Andrew, what's his name in it? Santina. All right, I'm going to say something, and I was, I was thinking whether to bring it up on it. Do you know when I was looking into like Christianity and stuff? Yes. Uh, basically, they believe that the devil works in, like, um, not mischievous, but in cunning ways where they make people feel like they're doing something for good. Well, it'll make pe- people feel like they're doing something good when it's really bad. Do you know what I mean? Obesity, for example. Like, so when we're we're talking about these sins that are being glorified, pride, uh, greed, gluttony in it, that's, gluttony is excessive. Greed is here, is like, make, well, that's kind of publicised, isn't it? Stack money, bitches. Yeah, gluttony. That's uh, eating too much. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gluttony's over-consuming, isn't it? Which we talked about before with um, drinking as well. Yeah, lust is just super sex, isn't it? Yeah, which is. Have you heard about what happens at these pride things? Yeah. So that could be like a monkeypox game from when. Um, yeah, that's why they were scared monkeypox was going to get. Because they do a lot of, uh, apparently, I've not seen anything, I've just heard <laughs> it on podcast, but they do loads of like weird acts and there's uh, people saying that like, there's children watching and stuff. So, but anyway, they're basically saying that the, the devil will take over by changing people, everyone's minds to be able to do 
things the devil wants, but in a cunning way where he were, well, or he or she, I don't know what a devil is, but. And he'll sort of take over the world. But it's got me thinking like, because people say these cults and stuff that are these people high up in power, a part of these like devil worshipping cults. It's very gone down the conspiracy route here, but Illuminati route. It I'm just I'm just linking like a couple of things that we've read today together in my head right now. No, I I get what you're saying though. It makes um make it makes sense what you're saying. Even looking at this diagram here, because we just went through a few of them. Lust, I mean, that's putting, for example, when we talked about the buzz light you've seen, putting. Yeah, well, we've been impacted through, from lust, like growing up. Yeah, from oh shit that yeah. we used to watch. Well, all of these though, isn't it? Yeah, everything. People, society, especially in the West, tick. 70s boxes like I don't know if these deadly sins came about just because they're the negative part of human behavior but I think with religion there's always some reasoning behind why it's come like whether there's they've learned from things in the past that they've like society's experienced so they've brought in these ideas to try and Make society better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like these days religions like there's so much shit involved with it. It's made people think, uh, like, fuck religion. But there are some good aspects in it as well, which brings good teachings and good morals to people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something that society I feel like is missing more and more. Hmm. The, like, because our parents weren't really religious so then we were less religious and then our kids will probably be even more religious so each generation becomes less and less religious which means yeah. they're falling further and further away from these morals that religion teaches yeah 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 and there's a book actually I think Joe Rogan was on about it in something I listened to um, about the sacred mushroom and Christianity all right, yeah. What? Uh, have you? Have we both listened to the same thing? Maybe I think it rings a bell. This does. It might have been on that flagrant too. I was listening to today when he was on flagrant. Joe Rogan. What's the concept behind it? Yeah, it was because <laughs> because um, they were talking about it and saying that. What are you saying? Um. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the book's about. I want to read the book. Um, Joe was being quite serious about it, but they would take that as a joke. <laughs> Never serious. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Joe realised about an hour in. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, what they were saying was that it's the concept that um, basically God is nature within. So if you look at, they used to believe that when it rained. It was God, um, like ejaculating over the earth. All right. Because when you ejaculate on something, it grows. It grows. So when yeah. It rains. Everything grows. Yeah. And then something about the mushroom always being the first thing to grow. 
Yeah, I remember eating the mushroom and then going on some psychedelic trip, which sort of. Uh, the, the, so the, the book believes that religion came from a psychedelic, psychedelic trip from mushrooms. Mm. And it all stems. I don't know if the book's about what I've just said about God ejaculating or if that's just something they were discussing. But the book comes. Yeah, I, rem- from, I remember this conversation. Because that's the first thing that pings up when it rains. Or yeah. Because they do grow ultra fast um, for what they are. And then it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the book and see what. I feel like there's so much about the planet that we don't fully understand. Yeah, because uh, what we taught, what what I'm noticing now, what we're taught, what everyone's always saying anyway, is what we're taught at school is so fucking restrictive. That yeah. And everyone's so bored at school because they just teach us this narrow-minded shite. Yeah, it's true. You don't have any expression to think for yourself or really be creative no one's thought to be creative really no you only have to come out of school and force yourself to be creative like the only class where you're really creative is art but if you're shit at drawing then you're fucked it's all like creative thinking yeah no creative thinking at all and then even like if you have i've had discussions with people saying like oh you need to be like do something creative as a hobby in your spare time just always do something creative to but you're lying. Everyone always thinks like, well, you've just said then, oh, art. But schools taught us to think that the only creative thing is to fucking draw a picture. Yeah. And for years, I thought I wasn't a creative person because... you can't draw. Because I can't draw, yes. For years, even like for uni, I thought I'm not creative, so... Yeah. Like, but now I actually understand what creativity is. It's not fucking drawing... The picture it's not your how your hand moves on a piece of paper. yeah it's about how your mind works and yeah. how you come up with ideas and how you discuss those ideas and how you solve problems yeah problem solving is yeah mm. whereas so i remember um my mate said to me after college after uni i said to him i'm not like creative and he goes yeah he goes you definitely are creative and that's when i started thinking like what does he mean, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it took it good took probably took me like a good two years to figure out what he actually meant. That's good. That's yeah. I don't know if that's actually creative, but that's um like a different trait that you have that you've clung on to that, to try and work it out. Yeah. But it like makes you think like since I figured I don't know when I figured it out, but since I have, I've always looked at life completely different and like Yeah, same. Like you just think differently after it. Mm. You think with more freedom. Yeah, to, because you're creative, you can you open your mind up to yeah. whatever you want. It's like this, what we're doing now, this alternative, this is creativity. Yeah, just all this, what we're talking about and the ideas we're coming up with. Yeah, it's creative it's just, thinking. Yeah, it's just creative thinking. And it's good yeah. to do, like, it's not even like, I just enjoy doing this, like having these discussions and that's it. Opens up your mind. Shall we put the next one on? Yeah. We're on, we were on the verge then of going, do you remember when we did that dark episode? I think the last episode we did a dark episode. Oh yeah. 
was on the verge of uh we some mad tangents <laughs> went from uh talking about i forgot even what we were talking about to start off with rishi rishi was on about uk politics is that last article rishi that was our first article no was not peterson that was our last one, yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought yeah, you were Yeah, so we're going from Peterson to uh, talking about religion and creative thinking. All right, so did you hear about this? Nope. All right, so um, basically, Joe Biden, if you scroll down. You done this video one or not? No. Uh, keep going down, I'll just read out his tweet. So Joe Biden tweeted, my message to all companies running gas stations and setting price at the pump is simple. This time, this is a time of war, a global peril and, the, and global peril. Bring down the price you're charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product and do it now. Um, and then Jeff Bezos tweeted back saying, ouch, inflation is far too important a problem for the White House to keep making statements like this. See the straight ahead misdirection or deep or a deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics. I don't get why Biden's tweeted that. Yeah, basically, I think it's a bit of a. I, what I think personally is a bit of a cop out from Biden to say, like, it's not me, it's not my fault. It's, it's fucking, such a dumb tweet, though. Yeah, it's stupid. So. He's basically pointing the finger at the petrol stations. And the petrol stations are pointing the finger at the government. It's like that, um, that Spider-Man meme. You're say? Thank you for this tweet, Mr. President. My local gas stations all dropped their prices $2 instantly because they had your tweet notifications on. <laughs> Um, which Spider-Man tweet meme? The Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing the finger at each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. It's like, well, yeah, like you said, it's like a cop-out or the dumbest, like he thinks everyone's so stupid that they can believe this cover-up. Yeah. This is what I mean, like, US... Politics and UK politics are so fucked at the moment. It's like a, I feel like it's a, it's like a comedy show. Yeah. It seems like a TV program at the moment. Yeah. Um, because, <laughs> because everyone was, when Trump was in power, he was saying all this like crazy things. These crazy stuff. And then Biden comes in power. <laughs> and he's sort of like the polar opposite, but he's saying this crazy stuff as well. And he looks like he's past his sell by date. He looks so old on that picture there. Would you rather have Jeff Bezos in charge of America? Yeah. Uh... Keep these guys in competition with the government, innit? Healthy competition. Might get a bit too scary then. What's he said here? It's best to add another 3.5 trillion to federal spending. 
they failed, but they had succeeded. Inflation would be even higher. It's today, and inflation today is at for you. Jeff Bezos calling out the government here, man. Who's put this thing here? I don't know who this is off. It doesn't require a huge leap to figure out why one of the wealthiest individuals on earth opposes an economic agenda for the middle class that cuts some of the biggest costs families face, fights inflation for the long haul, and adds to the historic deficit reduction the president is achieving by asking the richest taxpayers and corporations to pay their fair share. It's also unsurprising that this tweet comes after the president met with labor organizers, including Amazon employees. Jeff Bezos tweeted back to that. Look, a squirrel. This is the White House statement about my recent tweets. They understandably want to muddy the topic. They know inflation hurts the neediest the most, but unions aren't causing inflation and neither are wealthy people. Remember the administration tried. Mm. He is getting into some beef with uh, the White House. This was in May. He tweeted that little tweet. Oh, shit, yeah. I don't really keep up with Jeff Bezos' antics. I might start keeping Yeah, neither do I. You don't really hear much about him. Elon seems to take the limelight, but... Yeah. Looks like he's firing shots at him. But again, he is a... He's a billionaire. So he's probably got his own agenda. Yeah, that's true. I wonder, yeah. It is. Shall I put another one on? I've got a one that I wanted to show before we ended, but um, I'll put yeah, it on. put it on now then. So this one I only oh fuck off. Sign up. I've read too many articles on this one. So. Uh, okay, I put this one on. I don't know what the fuck this um, source is, but. Um, China research. So China researchers develop device to test loyalty of Chinese communist members. It can provide real data for organizations of ideological and political education so they can keep improving their methods of education and enrich up content. So basically the AI device, it analyzes their facial expressions when they're in certain conversation or when they are watching some certain content to see what what their feelings are on the content um and it's to sort of read their mind to see if they agree or disagree with um, what the fuck with well with the ccp basically that's mental um because obviously we're doing our china thing at the moment um uh, some kind of research so this came up um basically i don't know if it's the same ai tool or not but there's the ai tool which apparently and this is just what i've heard off the internet chinese people don't smile so they don't smile offering a sort of payment feature at retail stores and stuff so they can pay through facial transaction if they smile that means confirm payment to try and make more people smile in public all right um 
but I don't know if it's the same sort of device which they're using on the other side uh, here to determine it says here to determine how receptive they are to thought education that's uh so they're going to use this technology to if the if the ai says that they disagree with what the party's saying then it shows that they're disloyal to the ccp mm, i don't know if it's well, yeah, obviously it will show that, but I, I read it in, this is how I interpreted it, was say they're doing some training, for example, and they're watching someone and they're like, their facial expressions are telling the computer, well, I don't agree with this. They'll, the computer will then change the dynamic of what they're showing them to make it fit what they agree with and like brainwash them that way. If you don't, know right. that's how I thought in my head it would work, but I don't know exactly. I don't know if it's actually been released. Um, it says there were some comments terming the idea as high tech brainwashing, which were soon deleted. And it also says um, it can provide real data for organizers of ideological and political education so they can keep improving their methods of education and enrich content so that's where i think i got my yeah what you're saying sounds what it, how it's going to be used as per the tech the device can assert ascertain the levels of concentration by using a kind of smart ideology and ai technology to extract and interrogate integrate facial expressions ecg readings and skin conductivity so they're basically just tuning into your waves to see if you agree with the shit that they show you or not. That's so weird. This is a, I think this is an example of a tech being used in a bad way. Uh, well, for a, um, well, for chat for China, really, like it, you wouldn't expect it to come in out in the US first. Like a way that tech could be used in a good way is if. You're teaching children at school, and if you detect notice that they're not engaged, then it changes its content. Yeah, something more engaging. Yeah, to help them learn better. Then that's like a good way to be used. But to brainwash people, and there's always like that negative side to tech, which is worrying. Yeah. We spoke about it before, like, that's what worries me most about technological advancements is the dark side. And then what you were saying about the seven sins earlier as well, and if you can see, I don't know what the opposite of the seven sins are in terms of religion. Is it, I don't know, the Ten Commandments? I don't know. That's just rules to live by. But yeah, there's rules to live by, I think. The seven sins, um, if you can see society leaning towards them more and more, add on the layer of technology that's being provided whilst we're leaning onto it. If you look, for example, I think what was one of them, um, um, lazy or I forgot what they call it, but 
that's like sloth. TikTok. Sloth, that's it. Yeah, TikTok is sort of technology which is being used to enhance that sin. Um, technology yeah. is around fast. Even like working from home, I guess, is a technology that's being used. Yeah. Well, even though like doing a Zoom, because but... if we wanted to do this in the past without technology, we would have to travel, meet up with each other and do it. We're quite lazy in the sense that we're able just to log onto this and do it. Yeah. But it's not, I don't think it's made us lazier because we wouldn't have done it otherwise. So yeah. like, if we weren't doing this now, we would not have met up to do it. Yeah, we probably would like probably just be watching some shit on TV or just being lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or actually doing something. Yeah, because well, I suppose it's like different for different people because definitely being in the information age, technology age, has helped me open my eyes like a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Vouch for that, but at the same time, I can see the sort of detriment it's having to people around us as well. Technology, yeah, you can see that side of it as well. Where it's it's made some people more efficient because they can get more done. It's made more pe- some people more efficient at what they need to do to do the minimum, which has made them more lazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas we're being more efficient, but trying to fit as much as we can in the in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, yeah. So if you actually look at the seven sins and think about technology, add the technology angle onto it, then you've got greed. Has it has it impacted greed? Uh, I won't say technology as such, but. I think greed, people have become more greedy in the sense they always want the next best thing. Yeah, no one's ever uh, content, no one's ever grateful for what they have. Yeah. Which I suppose is greed. If you're never grateful, then you're greedy. For more. Uh, lust, which obviously technology's flown pornography on another level. Yeah. Pornography, Envy. gender, OnlyFans. Everything. Envies, obviously, from things like Instagram. Instagram. Gluttony, technologies inspired fast food. Technology as in Uber Well, fast Eats. food has made it, it's made it easier for people to get a hold of fast food. Uber Eats. Uber Eats, just the... Falls in line with sloth. Yeah, sloth. You've got house even, and you have McDonald's delivered to you, though. Yeah. Even with sloth, though, you've got um, Netflix and things like that. You can just bam... Next episode, please. Next episode, please. Rather than waiting every Tuesday. Evening. Yeah. Um, and there's wrath or anger. Mm. That's a big divide. People got more angry on Twitter. Yeah. Because people are more prone to say things behind the screen than they are yeah. in real life. And then pride. Mm. Which is JP's argument, I guess. Good. Yeah. Like, would pride be as big if it wasn't for the internet? Well, if you're looking at pride, well, there's pride as in, like, obviously we've said Instagram about envy, but the other side of it is people are pretending to be... Bragging on Instagram and... Someone they're not. Yeah. The people are fake people on, on these social media yeah. sites. 
That's quite crazy, actually. We just hit all of the... Uh, Seven deadly sins in about fucking two minutes. And how they fit into tech, that's fucking insane. And on that note... <laughs> We should sell these ideas to a Christian church. Oh. We can preach them. <laughs> sell them. Sell them. Get fucking greedy of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um. Did you want to go over any of your ones? I think we only did one of yours, didn't we? Mm. We did two. Yeah, there's one. Uh, that Reddit one. I wouldn't mind just. Showing, showing the people. <laughs> I didn't actually look at what because it just says it doesn't actually explain it in the link that you sent me. So I didn't. It's only a short one. It probably won't take long to talk about it. Boom. Yeah. So this is a uh, oh, yeah. Just, just play the video. It. It's like two minutes long. This is Umbrella Academy, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. Have you got sound on there? Yeah, big screen. This is all filmed on a green screen. Oh no, I don't think it is umbrella. Well, this is mental. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? Well, it's not even green. Like, you wouldn't. The amount of green screen that's there is. Oh, for his hand. <laughs> this is crazy. So good, isn't it? Wait, was this on Lou later today? Yeah, it was on Lou later. You can uh, you can probably pause it now. Get the idea. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? This is actually mental. Because there's not even that much green screen there. Yeah, I think it only needs green screen of like the areas where she's walking. And then, yeah, the rest of it can just be cropped. The Coca-Cola vending machine next door. Oh, yeah. It's good, though, isn't it? I think that's absolutely crazy. To be honest. This explains why the settings of these movies are better, but the acting in most has gotten awful. Mm. They have nothing to base their acting on except an empty room and their imagination. I have more respect for the young actors who do a great job now whilst working with something like this. Yeah, that's what when I was first saw it, I was thinking it'd be harder to get into character if you're just looking at an empty room with Mm. Yeah, like there's a reason why Tarantino, for example, doesn't do films with all the CGI. Yeah. Well, just give that guy a room in it and some good actors. And there's another reason why he uses the same actors over and over again, because he can just have a room and these actors in there. Like Hateful Eight, for example. Yeah, the whole thing was just filmed in one room. Mm. Well, most of it was just filmed in one room. I watched uh, Django the other day. For the first time? No, second time. 
All right. I didn't, I didn't like. I watched it years ago. Yeah, it's a sick film, isn't it? Yeah, so good. He's a Jamie sick Fox is so huh? sick in it. Jamie yeah. Fox is sick in it. Yeah, yeah, Jamie Fox. I, well, I like the um, what's his name? The guy who plays the uh, Nazi in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah, the dentist in Thingy. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Christian Waltz. He is such a, yeah, that's it. He is such a character, man. He's a, I don't, I, I was going to say he's underrated, but I don't think he's underrated. He's, um, yeah, James Bond films only. I'm not sure. I've not watched James Bond for ages. Like the new ones. Uh, I like that. Do you know what scene I like in that? Well, I, I like. I love the scene. One of them where you first introduced to uh, Candyland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Jackson. He's well funny in that. <laughs> but I like the scene um, when they're traveling in the at the beginning when they're stuck in the snow, and then that guy picks them up. Who recognises them? What happens? Oh wait, I'm on about I'm not on about Django. Sorry, I'm on about Thingy there. Hateful Eight. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what? Hateful Eight when they get picked up. Uh, they are in snow in some of Hateful Eight, but no one picks them up. In Hateful Eight. Oh wait, no, it's in no, Django. In, uh, Django, you're in snow, snow in some of it. Yeah, he gets picked up by that car. That's in Django. In Django, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the, the cut of it. It's pr you probably won't even notice the scene, but I just I just really liked it the way it was done. Yeah, it's picked up in a car. Not a car, like a cart. Like a what do you call it? A cart. He's got horses pulling the fucking thing and he's got to put them bodies on the top. I can't find the Thingy's in it as well, isn't he? Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah. That's a funny scene. <laughs> There's some good actors in it. Um, so, you've seen... Have, have you noticed that Red Dead Redemption 2 is based on a lot of Tarantino's films. Yeah, I got the Red Dead vibe from it. Yeah. But I just Same thought that's probably because it's set in a similar period. Same with Hateful Eight as well. Do you know where um, they all just... And that's in Hateful Eight for about 10 years. Oh, right. So I can't oh, that's, that's all in one room, isn't it? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Do you remember on Red Dead when they're all in the blizzard trying to find somewhere to stay? Yeah, it's yeah, like similar sort of thing happens on that. Um, so what what a Tarantino film are you get to see? Pulp Fiction. I'm gonna watch that. Um, that is not the best bit of. It's not, it's not on Netflix anymore though. I was gonna watch it instead of Django, but. It wasn't on Netflix, so I just watched Django. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love Pulp Fiction. It's like the best. You know, Will Smith was supposed to play Jamie Foxx's character. Really? 
Yeah, but um, he said that he wanted... What's that? In Django. Yeah, but then Will Smith turned it down because he wanted Django. Basically, Django's the main character, but the way Tarantino's done it is... He's not the main character all the way through it because... Um, I can't remember his name in the movie, The Dentist. Um... He plays more of a lead role until he dies. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you mean. Whereas Will Smith was saying he wants the Django to be the the lead role all the way through. Schultz. But what I think Tarantino was trying to do is show that how Django was a slave, he's freed him. And then when he dies, Django takes over and becomes his own person. Like fully. Do you know like yeah, to yeah, show yeah. like the character whole condition of his freeing a slave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His character development's mental in it. Yeah, because he becomes like he's sick at the end when he uh when he goes back to the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well he always does he does that with all of his films, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh man, you need to watch Pulp Fiction. It's such a. It's Bruce Willis. I'll watch it. Um, I'll have to find it online somewhere. It's worth it. It's it's a good it's a good bit of TV, man. Well, it's like his best movie, isn't it? Is it considered his best? Yeah. Yeah, I think when I looked what his top ten was, I think it well top movies, not top ten, because he's only doing D ten, isn't he? Um, I think it was Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious. You might have to just double check this. Kill, Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Um, I think Django was sixth. I remember what Ooh, fifth one. Reservoir Dogs number one. Pulp Fiction. Well, I don't know which. I've guessed. Yeah, each one's. Some of them are different. This one puts Reservoir Dogs first, and then Kill yeah. Bill, then Inglorious Bastards, then Pulp Fiction. Oh my god, Inglorious Bastards is sick though. Yeah, it's such a good movie. I've seen it so many times. That's like my go-to Tarantino movie. If I'm like struggling for stuff to watch, I'll just stick that on. It's always on Netflix as well, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Always on Netflix. I love the uh, you know the first scene when. Uh, oh yeah. About the milk. And Christoph Waltz, yeah, when he goes to the, that house. It's so good. Could I trouble you for a glass of milk? <laughs> He's in Pulp Fiction for a lot of it. Um, I don't know what I'm looking at there. He's in he... uh, Django at the end, isn't he? As an Aussie guy. Yeah, yeah. Is, it, is he not in every single film? Uh... I thought, oh, wait, he's not in Glorious Bastards, is he? No, I don't think so. He's like got... Oh, wait, he is? Is he? Oh, no, he's not. I love the scene in Inglorious Bastards when they pretend to be Italian as well. <laughs> Probably his fair jokes in that. In the, in the bar? In the cinema. Yeah. Oh, in the cinemas, yeah. And then he, they clock on. Yeah, because... <laughs> Brad Pitt's accents is awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I like Tarantino because he puts that comedy ele- element in. 
but very subtly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's not a comedy movie by any stretch, but yeah. Because even in Django, yes. he does it with that scene with Jonah Hill when they're all putting the masks on. Oh yeah. <laughs> even with uh, Samuel Jackson, he plays quite a funny character in it. Um, I think. Oh, I think out of all of them I watched, I think Pulp Fiction's got the most comedy in it. <coughs> Pulp, Pulp Fiction's weird, right? Because <coughs> of these other films, because only on how fucking weird it is. You know what I mean? What did you say? Sorry. Pulp Fiction's funny because of how weird the film gets. Because it just gets outrageously <coughs> weird, but he manages to keep it grounded. All right. Whilst it gets weird as fuck. And then you watch it like, this is bare weird, but it's bare. Like, it's so int- intriguing. When you watch it, do you understand more about why? Because a lot of his films always end in like some crazy ass way. Can you see why he's carried that on in the rest of his films? And he just went to the extremes of Pulp Fiction. Um, I feel like Pulp Fiction was more... Was more of like a. The other films have a, a really big serious element to it. Yeah. Betraying a message more than Pulp Fiction was. I don't know how to explain Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it's just fucking. It's so funny. It's so good. I need to watch. I can't believe I've not seen it. I know. I think I've seen. I've seen it. Every other Tarantino movie, except I'm not seeing Jackie Brown. I'm not seeing Reservoir Dogs. Jackie Dark Brown's movie. on Netflix now. Is it? Have you seen no. it? No. I've never seen Jackie Brown. I'm not seeing them three. Well, I'm a, it's weird because I'm a big Tarantino fan, but I need to <laughs> you sit down and watch it. I don't think Jackie Brown's up there as like one of his uh, best. I wonder what he's going to do for his last movie. Some people are saying kill Bill Free. No, I hope he just leaves that. He's done it. Yeah. I don't think he'll do a sequel. Well, Kill Bill was only meant to be one movie anyway, wasn't it? What, but it's too big? Yeah, it was too big. So was he classing that as a film? Yeah, he's classing that as one movie. Right. So I don't think he'll do a sequel to Kill Bill. He might just... I don't know. Could he bring that whole... I don't know, because it's all meant to be one universe, isn't it? Shared universe. Yeah, you can't really bring it, the whole universe back because some of it's set in, in time. slave times, some set in Western times, some set in Nazi Germany. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and once upon a time in Hollywood, the thingy in it. Yeah, 60s. Kill Bill's. I think just modern time. It's all controversial, isn't it? Stuff. What did you think of Once Upon a Time? I liked it. But I mean, I liked Manson. Like, I liked that story of Manson. As a movie, I thought it was all right. Like, not his best. No. But still a good film. Yeah, still up there. Not his best. If it wasn't him that made it, it would probably, I'd probably rate it higher. I know it's a weird thing to say, but if it wasn't Tarantino that made that film, I would rate it higher. Because I know yeah. 
he's can do better. Yeah, you sort of expect more from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a film I would. Like Glorious Bastards, I can watch that over and over and over again. Have you watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again since we you watched it? We we watched that cinema, didn't we? Yeah, no, I've not watched it again. All right, I've watched it a couple of times since. It's better. Watching it again. Watching it again, yeah. You probably feel the same thing with Pulp Fiction. Um, probably want to watch it twice because it gets a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon if I watch Pulp Fiction, it'll be like a Inglorious Bastards for me, where I'll just stick it on. Yeah, if they ever leave it on a fucking streaming site. Right, should we wrap it up? Yes, we shall. Um, all right, see you later. All right, see you later. Okay. Cheers, guys.